Yeah, 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 yeah. One more time, about to drop this rhyme. It is two cents. We're back again with another episode. On this episode, we're going to discuss validation. That's right, validation and what that means and how does validation affect uh, one's life. But on, on this episode, um, today's uh, guest uh, co-host is going to be none other than one of um, one of my good friends from back home in Virginia, who's like running things over in uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, right now. You know what I'm saying? On the science tip, you know, black scientist. Shout out to Lauren Kells Kelly, but y'all gonna know her as Kells. So Kells, you know, say what's up to everybody. Hello, everybody. That was a lot of energy. We're gonna go with that one though. Um, yeah, no. Um, so we're gonna start off real quick, Kels, uh, and say, what does it mean to be validated? And I'll ask you, what it, what do you feel it means to be validated? Um, I think being validated just means that you like you want to feel as though you get someone else's approval and want them to feel as though, I mean, maybe either you belong to a group or you belong to something else, like not feeling like you are alone and feeling like your opinions or your uh, values are being accepted by someone else or a group of people per se. Okay. All right. And um, what would you say that you were seeking validation from when you were coming up? I mean, I think for me, I've always been different. <laughs> like I've always kind of gone against the norm with, just even, like you said, being a scientist or having um, different interests than what traditionally most kids were kind of into. But I think as growing up, I just wanted to feel like, you know, I fit in with everybody else. I wasn't like a little nerd or whatever. So I think that was part of it. Just wanted to kind of fit in with the, the cool kids, I should say. Okay. All right. Well, are you still trying to fit in with the cool kids? No, not so much. No. Are you the cool kid now? I mean, it depends upon who you ask. Right. No, I no. I'm I'm just messing with you. But um, <laughs> you know, what does it mean to be validated? Okay, validated uh, to me just means to be seen um, and valued. And the crazy thing to me is that we walk around waiting for other people to see us instead of seeing ourselves. And what that does is allow people to have more power over us. But the only reason they have said power is because we give it to them. So we have to recognize one's power and realizing that people do a lot of things for response, just as much as we do. Like, you know, like when we talk to one another, we do certain things, we want to get a response. So if we don't give a person that response, whatever it is, we hone on to our own, you know, we hold our power. So it's there's power in response. So being validated to me is just about being seen. And um, I would say that validation was something that I was seeking so much in my early days leading up to probably when I was till I was about I don't know 33 4 something like that you know when this revelation came but validation is powerful it's super powerful but 
is no more powerful than when you validate yourself. If you can see yourself and recognizing your worth and, um, and, and just holding, again, holding on to that said power within your mind, stop looking at, stop looking at your parents as gods, stop, you know, putting people on pedestals and you see yourself as an adult and not operating from that of a child, then we tend to be, we, we recognize ourselves at that point in time. I feel like that. I feel like that's when you kind of graduate and you're not just always looking to mommy and daddy or whoever looks or responds like them in the real world for validation. But um, I want to talk about toxic behaviors um, looking back, which makes one feel validated. So what toxic behavior to you looking back at your life, the type of stuff that you endured, maybe in childhood, maybe like early adulthood, what made you, what toxic behavior um, looking back at your life made you feel validated? And I think for me, like one thing I did, especially when I was younger, was I cared too much about other people's opinions about me. Okay. I mean, I think I was a kid and if someone said, hey, Susie over here doesn't like you, but it actually bothered me as a child. Because I was like, why would they want to be my friend? Like, I'm a nice person. Like, you don't like me? Cool. <laughs> you know? The, yeah. yeah. And they cut you off. It's funny. Yeah, that we do feel that way. Like, um, when we're, you know, like when we're kids and we want to be liked by everybody. Now, the question to ask is, who the fuck do we really think we are that everybody has to like <laughs> us? Why would, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, to really believe that the world revolves around you when it doesn't. Exactly. You know, it's like these people are people and there's so many other people in the world, but you're so focused on this little world right here in front of you. Because for every person that doesn't like you, there's millions of other people that possibly will. But, and, and all these people, they don't have to. And, and it doesn't take away your value. You know what I mean? But I, I, I totally can relate to that. Because growing up, I was the very same way. And I wanted to be liked by, yeah, yeah, everyone. Because I didn't know my own worth. I didn't know my own value and wanting to be nice and wanting to be revered as like the the greatest you know like typical shit you see on tv shows like you just want to be the guy that everybody just you know just seeks and something superman if you will and so it's literally like trying to become a superhero and the thing about being a superhero is that people will will, most people are going to choose themselves no matter if you try to step out of your way to to be um nice to them and you know what i mean if you stay again just oh you you go out of your own way to make sure that this individual has this it does not in um you know it does not mean that these individuals are going to be there for you in the same breath absolutely i mean that's literally going to be their next example with that saying that caring too much or being too loyal to people who weren't necessarily that loyal or that caring to me. You know, making concessions against different things that they did because I wanted to remain friends with them. I mean, that's a toxic trait because you want to still be accepted by this group of people who may not truly have your best interests at heart. But where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that feeling comes from? Like, you still tolerate toxic 
uh, behavior from friends, if you will, at that point? I mean, I definitely could think when I was younger, you know, I was the kind of person that, I guess I just had issues with letting people go, because I still live though, when I truly call you a friend, and I bring you into, like, that part of my life, it's just hard for me to be like, oh, it was hard for me to just say, well, we're not friends anymore, because I genuinely, wholeheartedly care about you, so it was hard for me to turn that kind of dial off even if you have done something extremely hurtful to me it's like well maybe they didn't mean it or you know they didn't consider my feelings versus they were trying to hurt me per se you know making excuses and you know when I was younger I definitely did that but as an older adult I'm like you don't rock with me you don't rock with me so what does it mean to be a friend looking back looking like looking back at your life and knowing what you know now what does it mean to be a friend to you I think for me, being a friend is just trying to be your most authentic, genuine self and just being supportive. I mean, it's one thing to have people in your life and call them your friends when you're partying or you're traveling or, you know, you're just living life. But when stuff actually happens, who's there standing beside you? Who's there? You know, just making sure you're okay. It doesn't have to be like on a regular basis, but even though it's like random text messages, everybody's definition of a friend is. But I do think a big part of being a friend is just being there sometimes. As for as for friend, for instance, would you consider me a friend to you? Yes. And what would in in your mind what makes me a friend to you? I mean, I think that you're a friend to me based upon just the interactions that we've had. I mean, the conversations that we've had, um, how you're constantly challenging my way of thinking about things, um, and just being supportive. And I'm not, I mean, we don't even live in the same state, but I consider you a friend. Do you consider me a friend? Yes, I do. That was, that was a very insecure tone to have. (laughs) Do you consider me a friend with the high, with the high pitch? No, Uh, but I'm just speaking on your definition of what you've given and then making sure it correlates with your current life and again the people that you know that that are in your life and Absolutely. i won't speak on everybody else of course I, I i know uh kaya what's up girl but um I, but as far as like again just the people in your life um what makes them um you know like you consider them a friend to you with your with your life now based off of how you were before where it's like you were doing whatever to have people in your life you know to be like to fit in now having now being more mature more aware how do you go about you know choosing friends and deciding that an individual is a friend that's what i pretty much wanted to uh convey to like our audience on it but i do appreciate you sharing that but yeah i do consider you a friend cows you know what i mean like uh again and and as much as you feel like i've shown you things you've shown me a, a level of kindness if you will uh towards people that you actually care about that i wasn't necessarily used to um because of you know, just like second, just I will say out of the blue, just checking on an individual and just showing kindness without doing anything. So it's like, well, what does this individual want? What's going on? What's the incentive behind all this kind behavior? Because in my experience, I've dealt with individuals that when they're doing something, there was a caveat to it. You know what I mean? It's like they're doing this 
out of conditional love, not unconditional love. And that's my thing is recognizing people who claim to love you, but in actuality, they don't love themselves. So what they do is they love with they love with conditions like I'll love you as long as you do this. You know, it's not like unconditional love, like no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. It doesn't mean that I'm going to tolerate your behavior, but no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. That's why you have boundaries. Boundaries is a way I saw a quote. <laughs> I loved it. Barbara Schmidt is uh, one of the dopest um, people that I follow like on social media and she'll like always have these mental health things but she was like boundaries is a way of saying I love you and me simultaneously you know what I'm saying so being able to love yourself and also love you but these boundaries are to protect me it's nothing against you it's, it's about protecting me so you know, I just uh, wanted to share share that, but I appreciate you know what I'm saying because you um, sharing that. Um, so, so how do you validate others in your life? It's kind of the same thing that we you know we were just talking about. I purposely make an effort to try to be there for the people that I do call my friends. Um, I am usually like the encouraging friend and the one that's trying to see the glass half full kind of friend. Um, you know, and just just being genuinely who I am. You know, I accept my friends for who they are. Like I've learned, you know, you have to unconditionally love the people in your life because everyone in my friend circle are completely different. We have similar interests, but we're all have different thoughts on a lot of various different topics. But I mean, they're still my friends. I think I told you once before, I'm kind of at a point in my life. At times I feel as though if I never gain a new friend, it is okay. The people who I call my friend now, they've kind of been like tried and true. Like, we okay, you know, moving forward. And I know I can't get rid of them if I wanted to. So it's just, I just think being supportive is just the most important thing. I'm making sure my friends feel like I hear them. We don't always agree on everything, but we are willing to, you know, listen to each other's opinion, provide honest feedback, and honestly hold each other to the fire when we are wrong. Like, I have no issues with my friends telling me that I did something wrong and on the same time, you know, on the same side I'm able to say to them, you know, yo, that wasn't cool, that wasn't right. But I mean, I think it's just about, you know, doing life with people. Of these friends, how has the the relationship been tested that you've did, like, I would say with your friends, you don't have to use like names specifically, but in situations where it's like, alright, how do, how do you know for sure that this individual is my friend or whatever like we're still here to this day like what has happened in order for you guys to have it tested you know i mean i've had some friendships where we've had like you know major blow-up fights and then that sort of gets to the point where we were cursing at each other or anything but words were exchanged and then we were able to come back later and let's regroup let's talk about how we felt let's move forward from this because I still care about you regardless of what was said when either one of us was angry. I mean, we've had, you know, I've had friends that have lost uh, family members, have lost jobs, you know, um, that, or even me at times, being in school, being unemployed for a while, just being there and providing a meal and saying, hey, I got your movie ticket. It didn't necessarily always have to be um, something major, but, you know, I think the biggest part is that when we have had disagreements, we've been able to come back and say, let's just talk about this now. You know, everybody is calm and let's discuss it. 
you know, then you have other people that you meet in your life, you get into the argument, and that's the end of the friendship. So that's why I say the people that I have now, I'm cool with what I got. Right. So in the spirit of validation, being around the friends, do you find yourself feeling insecure around these individuals at any point? No. My friends are cool now. Like, I can truly be Lauren as quirky and different as I am. Not at all. Okay. Good. Well, I mean, that's a good thing to like to, to have. Um, but so. It's a blessing. I, so what about in reverse for them? Like, do you feel like they have, did they show any signs of, like, insecurities, if you will, where they feel like they need to be validated? Not around each other, not around us, no. Okay. I think, yeah. I mean, of your friends, if indeed that you had uh, something very vulnerable to share, I mean, would you, would you say that you have that, the, that ability to go to one of them? and be able to um, reveal that without any judgment. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we have real conversations. You know, I've had friends that have dealt with, like, domestic abuse. I've had friends that have been raped. You know, it's a wide spectrum of things that I've, that my friends have dealt with. And we okay. can open and honest with each other about that. Uh, we may have touched on it earlier, but I'm say it again, but... Um, who made you feel validated growing up, if indeed they did at all? That's a loaded question. Um, I think it changed during different points in my life. Um, definitely at times, my parents made me feel validated, and my father. I mean, I've always known that my parents were uh, proud of my accomplishments. And then I would say my family and my friends. I mean, I come from a huge family on my father's side, and I also have, you know, an older cousin on my mom's side that has always had my back and has always supported me and even when I did wrong told me what I did was wrong so it just kind of as my life has gone different people throughout my life have validated me at different moments and then definitely having you know best friends along the way um yeah so I wouldn't say it was just like one particular person that validated me the whole time but it's been various different people throughout my life what was something that your father did that made you feel um validated if you will my dad has always told me like how proud he is of everything i've done even like the simplest things i don't know like a science fair project or something small i mean my dad has always made it very clear that um he's proud to have me as a child as his child um so I mean every relationship has challenges but you know I've always known that my father was proud and my, my mother too I mean I take that away from her either and, and my stepfather also so I mean I've always felt as though you know I belong to my family and I've always been grateful for having a big family because there's a lot of personalities but you know I've been proud to be a part of a large family okay um, so how do you validate them at their age you know what I mean because like you know we was talking earlier where our our folks they grew up in a time frame where mental health wasn't really like a thing if you will it was more about survival for them than understanding your fucking feelings and emotions like you you don't have time for that shit we gotta we gotta get this hustle on you know what I mean that type of thing but knowing what you know now and being able to kind of use that um towards them to help them kind of heal from 
some things that maybe they endured in their life. How do you go about validating your um, like your parents in um, in life? Um, I try to tell them that you know their opinions are okay. Definitely with my mom, I try to tell her you know you you know what you know, and she tells me this all the time. You know, be confident in what you know, and know that it's okay if your decision is not what other people may agree with. But just know to listen to your inner self. I mean, definitely as they've gotten older, I think all of my parents have done a, a better job at just going with their own intuition and not listening to the world around them and just dealing with, you know, their inner thoughts and saying that, you know, I know this, it is okay, this is the route that I'm going to take and I don't need anybody else's approval and this is the decision I'm going to make, whether it ends up being good or bad, this is the best decision for me and my family. And so I'm always encouraging my parents, you know, do what you think is best. This life is short. I mean, no one knows when their time is going to end, but it's okay. I mean, it may not work out perfectly, but continue to do what you think is best and keep moving forward. Yeah. I always say um, to people that say life is short, it all depends on who you get pregnant. You know, it it determines it that will determine how how long life is uh, for you. It's everything is about um, you know perspective, but that could go for just you know that could go for just anybody or that you know not even just like who you got pregnant, not even who you got pregnant, more so who you decided to get married to. I ain't talking about Mary. I'm talking about married people that got married and. it just really it can determine you know what i'm saying because some people feel trapped in their relationships and their marriage for that matter because it's cheaper to keep uh you know mathematically yeah. sometimes it is yeah it's cheaper to keep it but um you, you know for me who made me feel validated growing up um i felt validated it came in spurts, if you will. Like, when you got a little brother who kind of, I would say, looks up to you, there's some validation there. But you're not even mature enough to even appreciate the fact that this individual looks up to you because you're just kind of in, 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 in brother mode. You know, all you see is this individual that just, you got to watch him in order to go outside type <laughs> shit. Or, you know, you got to teach them this thing or you got to make these kid cuisine meals for this individual and all this stuff during the summer. You're not seeing that this individual sees value in you, even if you don't at the time. So but looking back and knowing what I know now, there was a sense of, you know, I say validation, like I felt seen by him. You know, like by my little brother. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he felt seen by me, but because of how I carried myself, and you know, it, it like I wasn't taught love in a healthy sense. So it's more like the typical, you know, like your typical big brother little brother relationship. And then with um, like girls, girls made me feel validated. You know, um, because I mean, I didn't grow up in a house where there was a lot of you know being seen and and heard type shit it was more like we got clothes you know we're making sure you got the toys you want we're making sure you got the uh you you know i'm saying a roof over your head food on the table like that's that was that love that was given then 
you know what I'm saying? As far as the affectionate, the hugs and you know, all that stuff, that nurturing shit, nah, not so much. So going out, becoming, you know, be, getting older, you know, and, and having a, you know, having to share attention with somebody else now because you have a younger brother, it forces you as the older brother to feel like I, whatever you pretty much whatever you don't get in the house, you're going to go out and look and look for it in the world. So that attention again that I once had because I was a very, uh, <laughs> very spoiled child at one point in time, you know what I'm saying? And, and rightfully so up until when I uh, left for the military and right, you say I was spoiled in a sense. But as for the attention goes, that attention was split. So it was like date, talking to like trying to talk to girls was more important to me than um, my grades and like school and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like if me and a girl broke up, I was devastated. <laughs> wow. I was de- I was devastated. Like I'm listening to Drew Hill. Uh, what's the Enter the Drew albums when um, when breakups happen in like an eighth grade? You know what I mean? Just to date the time, and then um, to to go through and just being a puppy, a straight up simp for any little girl that I was dating in high school because I just wanted that love so bad. I, I couldn't. I didn't validate myself. I didn't see value in myself. The way I saw that I was worth something was if I got a reaction out of a woman. You know, it's like how a dog is, you know, how you train a dog. You know, if a dog gets, um, you know, a bone, uh, you know, gets a bone, brings it back, he gets patted on the head and shit. I kept doing tricks, making jokes, trying to get that pat on the head from girls and stuff. I would do, I literally would go to, uh, extreme lengths to prove my value and um, to this girl or whatever, and it, and it became a career, <laughs> if you will, by that. You know, like my mind was all about getting as many girls as possible for the simple fact, so I wouldn't run out. I was I would have an abundance of love, but what love do you really have at that point? Because it's it's not solid. Because you don't even love yourself. So these individuals can recognize that you don't love yourself. So they're going to treat you as such. Because that's how it goes. Whatever you feel on the inside manifests on the outside. So it's about carrying yourself with that love. And you know that you'll do just about anything for love. And it showed. And that's what I did. I, I did anything to to feel validated, to feel seen in the world. It didn't matter what it was, and especially if a, if a girl was involved, why not? You know what I mean? Like it was, it was always something that would lead me to a position where, you know what, I can do this. I will make sure that I go out my way for this girl. Fuck focusing on school. Like, you know, Kels is focusing on science. She's got these great things going on, not me. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'll skip school. I'll whatever, you know, I'll drive somewhere in the middle of the night. All to fall for what? All to feel seen. All to feel validated. And you don't really get anything out of it. You know what I mean? Because you're, again, you're going out of your way. You're putting somebody else's interests before yours. And, And that's how you can recognize those that 
love themselves and those that do not you know what i'm saying and because it's just extreme lengths like all the time to like with no like to nothing coming back to you um for instance i was in a relationship and it was a long distance relationship we live about an hour apart and the turnpike um like driving on the turnpike is like if, if you live in Fort Lauderdale and it's rush hour and you're trying to get to like Homestead where I lived, that's a three hour hump, even though it's only an hour away because of the rush hour traffic. So you got to make a firm decision when you're going to come and visit a loved one or something like that. But I found myself like being in a position to where I was doing more work than this individual was um, was doing. And I didn't, and, and, and I was afraid to lose this person. Like, because I wanted to be validated so much by this person, because I put them on such a pedestal. I put them on such a pedestal that it, it forced me to be outside myself. I was a character for someone, only to, just to be validated. I wanted the character to be validated so that I could have this whatever goal like you just feel like supreme um victor uh this win it's an ego thing it was all about ego it's nothing to do with love because if it was about love i would have loved myself and i wouldn't allow an individual to treat me the way that i was treated in said relationship but these are things you learn as you get older and um and, and, and you learn to validate yourself, which brings up, bring me to our, you know, our next point um, in the show. How can you work at validating yourself more going forward, Kels? Like for you, knowing what you know, things that you've been through and looking at, you know, some faults that you've made. What is something that you can do going forward to, um, to validate yourself more? I mean, I definitely would say continuing to listen to my inner self and just hold on tight to it and just hold on to the fact that I mean my inner self may be telling me the right thing to do and not having to get anyone else to agree with what my inner self is telling me when it comes to a decision um and also just realizing that it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to have faults I mean no one on this earth is perfect and I know sometimes I mean especially when it comes to work stuff I can be extremely hard on myself when I make a mistake right but I'm going to make a mistake. I mean, thankfully, no one has died or anything like that. But just, you know, you just don't want to make, make mistakes. Um, but it's going to happen. So just continuing to just reflect, too. And I think also, um, for me, just making sure that I continue to reflect daily and also try to make sure I put a, you know, we talked about my gratitude jar, just making sure I put in something daily to think about what I was grateful for for today. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always something throughout the day that we can be grateful for and I think we have to stop and acknowledge that moment right no I appreciate you sharing that Kels um, and I'm sure people listening will be able to um, to use that for themselves going forward um, as for me what I can do <laughs> to validate myself more going forward to focus on my goals and and, and recognize what benefits me, not so much anybody else. And, and that's a very hard thing to do because I spent years, I'm talking about, I'm, I was so programmed to do, like to dance for everybody else. You know, that's it. That's pretty much just like that. I have to dance in order to be seen. 
in order for me to receive love, I have to be there for everybody else. I chose to be Superman. I wanted to be Superman for everybody in my life. Any friend, any family member, um, I was stretching myself so thin. And if I made a mistake, I didn't know how to bounce back from it. So working on validating um, myself going forward is learning, like you said, learning to accept mistakes. And, and, and by accepting mistakes, realizing that mistakes are meant for us to learn from them. And it's not, it's, it's not a, uh, a life sentence. It's a life lesson, you know? So looking back, you're like, damn, what could I have done better than I did this time so that I know better going forward? The problem is when you're around people that have a fixed mindset and it's like either you know this or you don't. They don't believe that you can learn from something and then try to, you know, um, be, you know, be better going forward. But I, I, I mean, that's one way of like me validating myself going forward. Another thing is just to, like I said, keep the focus on me and loving and, and, and you know, tell, I, what I like to do is tell myself I love myself, uh, do daily affirmations and constantly working on goals because that's a way of building self-confidence. And, and like if you're able to do even just a little shit, you know, like writing out your day, waking up in the morning, writing your, you know, your morning rituals of what you're going to do, like to start the day and then deciding what lunch is going to be, what dinner is going to be, having all these things written down, writing down thoughts. These are ways of validating yourself and remembering to putting yourself first because people get used to you putting them first, everybody else first. So then they come to you. And then when you don't show up, you're like that parent that let them down. And and if you were raised, and if you were raised to be there for your parent, more so your parent being there for you, that seems normal to you. Like for somebody to feel upset because you let them down. When in actuality, you know, your parents are supposed to be there for you emotionally, not the other way around. So it's it's learning, like one recognizing the toxic behavior, the toxic pattern. In which you were raised in, and and they did their own, and, and and it's nothing to be like, like shaming your parents or try to air them out, if you will, but they were taught a very toxic behavior as well. So it's learning one, recognizing that pattern, recognizing that parents are supposed to be there for kids, and not kids be there for parents. Yeah, I mean, if they do, it's great. You know, I mean, like you'll know from like the effort that you put into the kid and what they really felt, you know, like and it's, as long as there's a balance, because you can do a lot for a kid and, and not teach them like appreciation. And then it's like they just feel entitled to so many things. But to to have, um, you know, parents that um, that did treat like raise you to be responsible for their emotions, it teaches you to that your emotions don't matter as much. So you do. That's how you treat the rest of the people in your life. Because if my parents can treat me this way, then this is how the world is. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Your your parents are your first relationship in this world. So anything you feel right now may be derived from what you experienced with your parents, wh- whether they were there or not. You know what I mean? It always has a profound effect on you. And um, so learning to, like, once you learn that, 
toxic pattern, then you can work on bettering yourself and validating yourself and putting yourself forward, regardless of what, uh, uh, you know, learning to uh, let people be upset with you doing things for yourself. I believe that is the, that's the first step in recovery and being able to deal with that. Like you said, growing up, you wanted everybody to be your friend. And those things, um, as much, I mean, granted, we might be far removed from our childhood days, but those little nuggets, they stay with us um, in our mind. And, and, and we interpret these things like this is what this means. Like, because this individual doesn't like me, I'm not worth being liked or some shit like that because there was no validation. It, you know, it wasn't concrete validation that was given. And to try to do that for a grown person is a mission in itself. But it's not impossible. You have to maintain that focus that comes with being um, an adult, comes with being mature, being emotionally sound, having emotional intelligence. And over time, things become a habit. And anytime a negative you know, thought comes in your mind, you just replace it with a positive one in which further um, you know, increases your validation within yourself. And um, yeah, so, so just working on those things and we'll continue to work on those things going forward. But um, now, nah, Kels, it's been I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to get you to come on this episode with me and talk about uh, validation, sharing a lot of, you know, of your stories um, from childhood and even just your adult life and, and me being able to share um, a lot of what I had to say about um, validation. But was there, um, is there anything that you wanted to say to, uh, to, I would say, like, to people listening on the subject of validation that might be something helpful for them going forward? Um, I kind of mentioned it like a minute ago. I was talking about a gratitude jar. And it actually was an um, idea from my friend Christian. He did it years ago. Um, he recommended it. So literally all you do is every day take a moment and write down something that you're grateful for for that day. And at the end of the year, you open the jar and it just gives you a moment to kind of reflect on everything you've done throughout that year. Because a lot of times we think about situations that we're in being so major and being the end of the world in that very moment. But when you reflect back on it months ago, that situation can be so minute in the grand scheme of your year, of your life. But when you're going through it during that time frame, it seems like a major obstacle. So that would just kind of be my suggestion. No, no, that was no, that was dope. I, yeah, like I said, because uh, I appreciate you um, being on um, on today's episode and then sharing that one piece right there about the gratitude jar. The gratuity jar, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the gratuity jar. You got to make sure you leave that, leave that gratuity for your for your host. You know that uh, gratuity jar. Um, but yeah, having a you know a gratitude jar, something to be grateful for. I mean, it's everything. You know, every day. You know, we have a lot to be grateful for. I would encourage individuals to stop focusing on um, things that you don't have, but more so things that you do and learn to accept life as it is. A more fati, you know, take life as it is, not what you want it to be. And uh, and, and watch the, the shift in your mindset and how different you feel um, going forward. But um, for me, uh, Romy Mack, uh, and, and, and cows, you know what I'm saying, uh, represent Memphis, Tennessee. This is uh, Two Cents, and we out. Peace.